join us at your own university. Like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. You're not going to want to miss a bit of this. Hello, welcome back. So good to see you. You and Tika and ah, shit. Okay, starting over. Damn it. I just know you as that. Okay. Oh, that was so good otherwise. Hello, welcome back. Great to see you. You, Lisha, and you, our audience. Today we'll be talking about the polarities of duality within the context of mind. So we're walking through the zones. And this is the second zone we're covering. And uh, this is our topic. Duality alone is such a big one, right, Lisha? It's huge. It's huge. And we talked last week about, our last podcast about the body and how we have all these different dualities and masculine and feminine and different energies within our body, right? And different belief systems within our body. And then just the left and right portions of our body and all things physical, right, is in duality. And so now we're going to talk about mind and mindset, which, I mean, we could spend probably a year, you guys, right? Like talking about just the different aspects of mind. And I mean, every thought that we have, there's a polar opposite. Every belief that we have, there's a different belief. I was just talking to a client about that actually yesterday, right? We are talking about being right and she's like well I'm just being I'm just being and I'm like well there's a positive and a negative aspect to the concept of being <laughs> yeah and there's positive and next and and positive and negative aspect in the concept of doing so that's just being and doing are kind of another way of saying masculine and feminine mm, and that's interesting and, but within within themselves we can continuously break this down like the molecule just like breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, breaking down. So this is a huge topic. So anyway, what are you thinking well, about duality and mindset? Well, first off, I mean, what you've just described illuminates that the, the, pol the polarities, uh, masculine, feminine, or maybe it's just negative and positive. This is something I should double check are with you, um, are in everything. So everything that exists is within at least as we can experience it or, or acknowledge it or, or conceptualize or whatever in, in all of that to the horizon for us as humans, anything we can see as a whole is also happening in, in polar and polar opposites for us. Is that, yeah. is that accurate to what you said? One of this, I think that's, I mean, it's a universal law, but I think it's one of the big laws of, of the earth plane of our existence as humans, like however you guys, you know, agree or disagree, <laughs> like how expansive that concept is. But I mean, we can all agree we're on earth. We're in human form. <laughs> we're thinking we're, we're being, and, and there's some element of, of control and quantum physics and science and, and um, epigenetics and, and the quantum realm and all of this stuff has really discovered that that we have this power of thought and and that what we think and what we believe in some essence um creates or reflects or impacts at the very least our own perceptions and our own reality and that there are these 
ultimate laws. And so one of the laws is the law of polarity and there's the law of duality. And so everything in the universe has a polar opposite. So there's always a positive and always a negative. There's always a positive being the doing, the force, the action part of it, the masculine, and the negative being the being, the receiving, the receptive, the pull of the feminine. And so our thoughts, every friggin' thought that we have are on these lines. And when it comes to our belief system, it's, it's vast because we have all this programming. My, my amazing you program is all about, and what, you know, I train people in coaching around at your own university is all about how do we navigate and reprogram and claim our independence over our subconscious mind, which is our nervous system. So we can have our own thoughts and lean into this perception. But for every friggin' perception, there's a dual. So if there's um, like lack, lack is a really big one, right? So we lack love and you might want like that ultimate relationship, right? Or you lack money and you might want the better job or, or more sales or, or something, right? You lack um, health. Right. And so you want better health. Like those are the main three things, right? That we spend bazillions of dollars each month, each week, each, each second, probably in the world, people buying things for love, for health and for more money. And all of it has polarities. All of it has dualities. And we all only can see our perceptions because it's all on perspective. So if you're looking at the lack of there's that equal and opposite abundance of perspective that you can reach for when it comes to mindset. And, but before you can get to any of that, we have to know what we actually believe. Well, I'm definitely downloading this episode myself to review because you just unpacked like a ton. I'm trying to keep track of my, that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, I love it. I was just trying to take notes in my head and, you know, and then of course my mind was imagining taking notes and then my mind was imagining saying, well, maybe I should be taking notes during these sessions regularly, you know, da, 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 da. Um, moving away from something, which is probably its own topic that I'd like to get into. So many things to choose from. So there's what I just said that I, I'm interested about. There was, um, I heard you say that, I thought I heard you say that, um, you talked about polarities and duality as if they're two separate things. I would think they're the same. That was another question. And then there was something else that I lost. See, I can only keep track of two things at once, which reminds me of multitasking. I've just been talking to someone about a different subject. Um, so what about, why don't we just address the, the if we can, the, the last thing I mentioned. Okay, so why don't, what was my mind duality, doing there? Polarity. Yeah, so what was my mind doing? Was my mind... Um, you know, I was expressing, okay, then this thought occurred in this one and this one in a way, and I was getting further away from, as they say, myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I felt more, I think, I mean, because I'm sensitive and I, I can feel what I'm feeling and, and I, I it's, it's hard to catch, but I'm pretty sure I was starting to kind of tighten up, right? And to feel or to feel less connected to myself are these words that you can say, but like, what does that mean? And how useful is it to talk about them? Maybe we can do some of that now. 
was I perhaps not relaxing to the extent that, well, A, my nervous system was relaxed, and but that B, I was able to hold the duality or polarities, whichever word you'd use, um, at once, and that I was actually following a particular course, therefore inevitably, I mean, by definition, et cetera, not following the, another course, because there are two, therein creating that tension. Is that, would you say that's an fair assessment of what was happening in this context, or how would you look at that? Yeah, because what I'm hearing you say, this is why it's so <laughs> great to have these conversations, like for yeah. truly this podcast is, is this beautiful conversation. What I'm hearing you say is that as you move further away, as your thoughts became less and less about your experience and more and more about the action or the, the external, ex like you should take notes, right? Oh, maybe I should take notes on all of these. Maybe I should, you know, it's the, you got into the doing, it, it took you away, right? The duality of it is it took you away from the beingness And so it felt like a separation. And I think that in itself is the, is the lie. Um, can you say a little more about that? I'm not sure that, well, I, that, it, that everyone would understand what you mean by that. I don't fully understand that. What do you mean by the, the lie? Well, I mean, I don't know if lie is the best word for it, but I think we give... Like my question is, is like, why can't we have the doingness and the external perception with just as much awareness when we're in that process of taking the notes or thinking about taking the notes or being in the thing? Why do we give it less credibility than if we're just present and being like, well, I'm feeling tension, I'm feeling tightness, right? Because the tension and tightness is creating this inertia to do something right to call forward the action of you taking notes which would be the masculine right but without the tightness you wouldn't know that there's this desire so that presence of being is super important to recognize this would be the duality part of it right you recognize the the tension, but instead of the tension being bad, it's more like a catalyst for you to take action and, and take notes or listen to the podcast again, right? And, and so you're working within duality. So I think the, the last question that you asked was like, is there the law of duality and the law of polarity? And actually, I don't have my book up here, I don't think. I don't know why I would. It's more of my, my personal study downstairs. But, um, but I believe that there are two different laws of the universe, actually. And this is how I see it. I see the duality as an internal and an external, as the masculine and the feminine, as the being and the doing, and finding that place where we can be and do at the same time, right? Yeah, which, yeah. sorry, go ahead. So the polarity I see as more of an external thing. Like for, for all the good, there's equal bad, right? For, for every, it's still positive and negative. It's still masculine and feminine, but it's for every action, there's a reaction. It's the law of cause and effect. Okay. So when you are referring to 
being and doing, it sounds like you're referring to both of those being within the internal and then the external as something separate. Is that what, is that what you that's how I'm feeling it and how I understand yeah. it. I could be totally, you know, off well, base. I'm not like the only all know all, right? So everybody leave comments. Like, how do you feel it? How do you, how are you experiencing this? Like what, how do you define duality for yourself? And, and how does that play a part on your perception? So I think the biggest thing with mindset for today's topic is, is, is our internal and external perception of any given situation so the external would be a judgment or a belief or a right or wrong kind of take I think on something like this is how I believe this is the right way of doing it right um and or a judgment this is how I believe you know if, if you're going to be selling something I don't know a belief right now for some reason it's not coming up but if you're going to be selling something online say um well i believe that people that sell things online are sleazy then you get a job where they're asking you to go sell something online and you can't sell anything and then you're mad right that you're not being effective but really it's because of this belief over here of a previous perception say somebody sold you something and it didn't come in the mail or it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. That's that solidified this belief of yours. So that's the belief. The duality is, you know, I get great things online. I've bought amazing pro programs and things from people. I, I, you know, I just ordered a really cool desk thing for my kids, <laughs> right? Like all of this great things online. And um, so not all things online are, are bad. So this perception, we get to change. This is a horrible, I, I don't know about horrible, but it's like, I don't know if it's a really good take on it. I'm trying to like make it accountable for everybody, but there's this, this belief system. We are going to believe what we believe creates a perception period. And what you believe is what you think and their judgments their ideas and it's programming, nervous system programming. So if you believe that sales are bad online, you're gonna get that internal closing, right? Even if what you're about to buy or not buy because of that, that internal programming, that perception, that belief from whatever, mom said, never buy anything online, the internet's scary, right? And then that was in 1972. <laughs> there wasn't even anything there. Okay. That was in 1984 when the internet first came out. She made that decision, right? And then you grew up that way. So you didn't buy anything online. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a job where you're working for Google and you have to sell things online. And you don't know why it's not working. It's because your mom said, never ever do this, this is bad. And you believe this. So when you have the sale online, your body goes into that beingness of tension. And it says, no, 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 no. But really that's not for your highest good because now everything is sold online. Right? there's great people, amazing people, amazing products selling online. So, but this old belief 
is creating your mental perception, which creates a block for you to be able to fully enjoy prospering online. Does that make sense? At I think all? we have a great opportunity here because um, <laughs> I feel that uh, that uh, we're looking at the same thing and painting two, you know, with different brushes. And I think this is the case for everyone, right? And yeah, that's we. It's a perception. <laughs> cool. And so I do, so I'm, I'm uh, wanting to learn how to uh, understand what I'm looking at when I'm looking at the painting that you're painting of this picture. So uh, I currently, I just want to look at this like, we're both looking at the same subject, but subject's a tricky word because when you get into that subject object, it's its, its own thing. Um, but we're looking at the same thing and we're just painting different pictures. So I want to understand how to uh, see your picture the way that you do. And for me, uh, part of an opportunity here is that <clears throat> I know enough about the, the zones and the, the subzones within those that I, I believe that you're touching on some of that. And I think from my side of currently understanding your picture less than you do, I think it'd be helpful for me and maybe for others uh, to hear a little bit about like the subzones, if you're up for sharing those or in general talking about them. Um, I think that would help, help me understand more and help everyone. And, and yeah. Yeah. So you guys, if you don't know, like what I do, I help reprogram the nervous system. So you have full authority in your life. And I work with people that have, um, had you are either training to be a coach or have had, um, really tumultuous childhoods, okay? Childhoods where they had no control, that they were told how to think, who to be, what they feel, um, that they learned how to people please and or totally rebel one or the other. And it's not working for them anymore in their life. And so in the zone, the six personal power zones, which each are a department at your own university, we talked about last week, the body zone, or the, the physical department and duality there. Now we're talking about the mental zone and, and duality here. So the thing with duality is that I see duality as internal and external, that there's a dual reality. There's my internal reality that for me, I do my best to keep it and I think you do too, Jason, like really um, clear. I, I wanna be clear on how I feel. That's how you can notice your, your compression and your expansion. And then the external. And when we're overly focused on the external, our value comes from the external, our um, experience are very, how do they feel or judgment oriented or, or getting the best car or, or the best program, like all these external things determine your level of love and value and health and well being. And so they're both important though. I think in the spiritual world, as far as mindset goes, especially in the spiritual world, my more spiritual clients, it's all about the internal, right? And there's like this denial of the impact of the external, which is the duality. And for other people that are in codependence or coming out of bad relationships, 
um, or grew up really with a high acceptance of just this perception, this ability to handle a lot of shit. Right? Like we're really, really nice to people. Like people can really treat us like crap and we're like, oh, it's okay. We still love you. And, and we have this needy for friends, right? And it's not, it's just not a healthy place to be, but we have this, it's like a really great capacity perception for pain or being treated negatively because we grew up in an experience of that. So the internal is uncomfortable. So we focus on the external or the internal, we don't know if we can trust it. So we focus on the external or the external has been so bad that our whole perception has been, you know, eggshells, walking on those eggshells. So I help people reclaim that internal place so then they can read the external better. Mindset is huge here because we grew up with beliefs. So one of the layers is just your common beliefs, your judgments. If I was only 20 pounds thinner, then I'd be loved, right? Um, it's just a belief thing. Um, the other areas is the areas of your brain. So we have our subconscious mind, which is 90% of our thoughts that when that were trained before we were 12, really before we were seven, but it's more unconscious realities before we're seven, 12, 18, and then it solidifies, our brain solidifies about 28 and it becomes harder for the external world to shift our reality. I think at this point, my own theory is it's actually easier for us to shift our own internal reality after age 28 because we're no longer absorbing how to be human from the external world. So again, I'm going into this teaching, which I absolutely love to do, but these are some of the zones, right? So we're just, we kind of look at it like, oh, or some of the layers of this mindset zone. So you have your autonomic nervous system, right? Which is your heart rate, that dense condensed feeling and everything. But if you're used to living in an environment where you're not enough, that's a really common feeling belief of most people is I'm not enough. So we're striving. You have this condensed feeling in your nervous system. Your heart rate goes up when you're, when you're triggered by I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough. I, I'm not this enough, that enough, all these judgments. And until we clear those judgments from your nervous system, okay, your cellular structure, your nervous system, you can do a lot of mindset work and it won't shift anything. That's why having a private coach like Jason or me or somebody else is, or, or therapist or hypnotherapy or EFT, all these things work so good to shift that unconscious. Then we have our subconscious mind, which is all your memories. And these can so mess us up, you guys, because like, when we don't hear them, it's constant chatter. It's why meditation is so powerful in this realm because constant chatter. And, and if like, we kind of have this duality in them. So a duality for me here is um, I found this belief in my head, in my heart that was been crippling me my entire life. And it's this belief of evil, being evil, being bad, and God being mad at me. 
And I believe this because I was beat for being white. I believe this because no matter how well I vacuumed, I was beat. I believe this because my I was molested and hurt and acting out and they took me to church and they were trying to like wash Satan off of me. And, um, and so I just decided, you know, I must be horrible because I attracted all of this bad stuff into my family. It must be my fault. And as I got into more psychology and positive psychology, it even affirmed that right? Like I must be really bad because I create my own reality and, and I created this reality and I came in and my soul did it. But this whole story, well, on the other side, like I do a lot of great work in the world. I'm really giving, I'm really loving. I believe in people. I'm supporting people all the time. Like I'm not that way at all. Like I'm not evil, <laughs> but I've spent my whole life like proving that I wasn't and that I'm doing good enough work. I mean, even to the point of finishing my doctorate. And it's like, it's this duality, right? It's this duality of this outside perception that created my subconscious memories that gave me this push to prove that I'm not evil. But it blocks me in other ways too. And this not good enough is totally common for all my clients. And it's this un it's a subconscious belief system. Well, we can believe and affirm our thoughts as much as we want in this internal external duality, but until we shift our nervous system and say, oh, I absolutely believe that, even though it sounds like total hogwash and I know better in our frontal lobe, the other piece, I know better over here, I'm a good person, but over here I still have this belief. If we're denying this belief, that duality is going to keep playing. And yet if we accept it, then we're, then it can shift. When we accept it. Yeah. And Which stop fighting it. And not that it's true. Into, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, just, I was going to say, and then in so doing, we're shifting into uh, non-dual, the non-dual yeah. point. So yeah, just wanted to mention that. Keep going. Yeah. No, then we're shifting in the non-dual because you accept what is, there's no fighting. There's not trying to change it. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, people are like, oh, I totally accept, you know, the fact that I'm overweight, right? Oh, I've, I've been fat my whole life. I have clients, you know, I have, I've been fat my whole life. I totally accept that I'm overweight and I've been struggling with this and, and um, you know, that I emotionally eat, let's say. Okay. This is just kind of made up general story. And they can accept it, but they're still in the back of their brain. The subconscious is going... Yeah, but, but, but I am because, because dad, dad told me that I was fat, right. And, and that the boys would like me more if I wasn't so chubby, right. 13 year old, <laughs> I got to believe sticks with you. I will tell you like my dad, um, when I was 21, I think, or 22 or 23, I went with my mom to visit my aunt, my dad and um, stepmom came to visit me and my dad, I opened up the door. My dad goes, gosh, you're beautiful. I had never heard that from my dad ever. I swear to goodness that day I went home and all the boys started looking at me differently. Or, I mean, we were all men, but the men started looking at me. Like I became attractive that day because our subcon I needed that opening from my dad right? That was an external duality 
confirmation that made me feel beautiful that then impacted the rest of my life and has for the last 20 years. That's how powerful our parents are <laughs> over us, right? They're like our little lovies. So say this person has this belief because their dad said something, whatever. This is the opposite example, but I just wanted to share that really cool gift that my dad gave me. And, um, <laughs> yay. And so they have this belief. Their body loves them so much. Their nervous system agrees with that belief so much. They can diet all they want. They can eat right all they want and they will gain that weight back so they can be in agreement with themselves. And you've seen this so, multiple times as I understand oh, it. it. It's, an, it's a huge industry. I see it all the time. But the second that I say, okay, stop making the fat wrong. Stop, stop making yourself wrong for, for any of that. You know, just accept, yeah, your dad hurt you. That hurt your feelings. Let's cry about it. Let's feel it. Let's look at reality right now. Right now you're overeating or right now you're not moving or right now your hormones are off or right now, whatever, whatever the hell is happening, right? You're not eating enough. We like, it's so funny. We gain weight for all of those reasons, right? Um, and so whatever their situation, they accept what is, accept what is. And then from that place, we have non-duality. From that place, so you have all the power to change your direction. Mm -hmm. So it takes uh, recognizing the belief that wasn't seen before, which was creating the duality because you were on the surface, you could say believing one thing, but actually deeper, you were believing something different or the opposite. So it takes recognizing that deeper thought. And then once you do, you can accept that and that being sufficiently deep, I guess you could say, um, then the shifts can occur, all of which at that point is occurring within the non-dual. Although, of course, saying within the non-dual is an oxymoron, but it's non-dual. It's all yeah. non-dual at that point because you're holding both. And so that's the, what I'm referring to as non-dual. You're holding both or there are both. Both are recognized. There is awareness, consciousness of both. And that's light, as they say, which allows things to bloom or unravel or go through their process. Because of course, if you look to the Eastern, like in the Indian tradition, there are the three things always occurring. Um, I don't know if I can quote them properly, but um, the last one is dissolution or death, you know? So meaning, um, let's just say, meaning the unraveling of the thought processes that were otherwise kind of all tied up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our reality shifts really I think pretty effortlessly and, and easily when, when we do find that belief system, that, that mindset that needed to shift or come into duality in order to stop representing itself in the external world. So you can have a new perception, new perspective. So you're, it's like you have this single vision like about this is how it is. And yeah. we don't think that we have it, but we all do. And then my hands are right by my eyes, guys, like, like a horse with little trackers on his eyes. Blinders. And then all of a sudden those, those blinders are taken off and we're like, oh, there's money-making opportunities all around me here. Oh, you know, my hormones are off. Oh, boom. You know, you get that taken care of and you release the weight, right? Like whatever was blocking then, then releases 
And if it doesn't, then there's a deeper layer or there's something else that you're agreeing with that's tied into your nervous system that's creating that contraction that's making it scary to have that expansion. Mm -hmm. um, you can keep going, I can hold my thought. But I just, I held, I held my hand up audience if you can't see it. I, I put my finger up like, ah, and then I was gonna add something and we weren't sure who was meant to speak now. You wanna keep going or, or should yeah, I? I'm good. Oh, okay. I just wanted to point out um, the, this, there are two, at least two types of, of foci plural of focus. Um, and I believe the focus, first of all, let's, if you're focusing on one thing, you're inevitably not focusing on other things. And that directed attention is, I believe, called foveal uh, attention, foveal focus. And then the other, which more people are used to hearing about, is peripheral. So when you sit there and you relax your attention, uh, I'm used to doing it with eyes open, um, but soft gaze, um, it's a non-conceptual type approach, by the way. Um, but you can even practice this yourself. You can sit there and focus intently on a particular thing and then reflect on that afterwards, noticing that, again, you were inevitably focused on one thing, but therefore missing something else. Yet, the, then there's, that's foveal attention. And yet, you can also soften your attention and have a peripheral awareness of more than one thing. And therein, again, non-duality. Um, and I would guess that as relates to meditation working over time, if you do that regularly enough, the, the softening and the awareness of further things can broaden. And so you become more aware of more, um, mm -hmm. but, but it, there needs to be a shift for doing. Certainly there needs to be a, a foveal attention, a focus, um, but for awareness, there needs to be a peripheral, um, uh, attention. And these are opposite sides of the same thing, really, um, you could say right there. But as you relax, so as much as you need activity, you need inactivity. And in that inactivity, the, the stuff does its work. Stuff happens, let's say, uh, as, it's, as it is. And that's how things can unravel and fall into place. Um, I think Thich Nhat Hanh would talk about the um, unfiltered apple juice. There's all this stuff in it. And then as you let it, so you shake it up, right? And that's a, a heck of a lot of different foci, right? You're focusing on this, focusing on that, right? And then you let, let it all settle down. Um, the, the rest becomes clear. And this happens when you shift into peripheral focus uh, for, you know, the more you do it, the more it'll catch on. And then the more you're aware of, and then the more things can be the way they are. And that yeah. you're a part of that process and you're not, not seeing it because you're only focused on this, that, or the other which is needed, yeah. but, at, but only intermittently, you know, we need to enact as well in order for right action to take place. Yeah. And it's important for us to have that understanding and, and just understand our own brains. Like so much, so many people, we believe that we are past experience. We believe that we are our subconscious brain. I remember having that thought when I was a kid, like, am I just between my ears? Like, where am I? <laughs> Maybe that's why I have the six personal power zones because we're so much more than our thoughts, our perceptions, our beliefs, our ideas, our experiences. And all of that comes from that perceptual advantage. But without the focal advantage, we won't know what, where we're stuck, right? So we have to really 
we don't have to anything, but we get to enjoy this practice. And I think um, practicing it, like you just said, everybody let us know if you do that practice and just like sit and focus on one thing and, and see if you can hold that focus. We're so good with our phones, right? It's actually creating an epidemic of single focusness, right? I've heard and that then, most people are good with their phones. I can't do <laughs> myself in that. <laughs> and then, and then like releasing that, you know, let the phone down and, and open up your perspective, go on a hike, go on a walk, do something like that, or just meditate on, on seeing nothing, focusing on nothing, even though something's in front of you. Um, I think it's beautiful. And it's a beautiful practice. I'd love to know how you feel that. And then as things move up, you can ah, kind of focus in on things that you want to shift and change in your life. Look at the beliefs within them. Look at them with acceptance. See that and acknowledge that, you know, if there's that much weight gain, there can be that much weight loss, right? If there's that much um, lack or not good enough, there's in the same step the other side of that is like you're brilliant at things you have that much to offer that much to give that much value in the world as well and so um just looking at these things are think are beautiful i think that's a huge lots to think about well we're going to talk about emotions next before we get into that actually let me just say that yes i think this was a, a deep uh rather comprehensive discussion today um, sort of even spontaneously. And that in short, that, that points to the fact that there is a ton going on for everyone. Um, you know, even if you take your attention away from the phone, for example, you could still be as distracted in your head without that there. Um, so there's, there's a ton going on is the point. And this is part of what I truly uh, appreciate and find very practical um, with the zones is that enough is going on for everyone that it is necessary to break it down in order to be able to digest it. And it takes more than just peripheral attention only, which is only half the equation anyway. Mm -hmm. And that this, these zones are very akin to something so to, to a wisdom of things having sort of five parts in that case, or you could still think of those as six parts um, that is reliable because I, it's not only imminent that I see it working when I look at it, but it's also something related to information or a perspective that's been passed on through the generation. So yeah. um, that, that, um, that is somewhere in between the peripheral and the foveal are these six zones and uh, kind of crucial <laughs> to really start teasing out, um, you know, everything that there is to tease out, which, which is exhaustive. But as, mu as much as you do, and you let it take its own form, the ease, you will feel that much easier. You'll be that much healthier. This is just the way it works. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you just for practice. that. Thank you. I had no idea I was gonna teach so much, but I hope you guys get something out of it. And if you did, please let us know because that fuels us to keep going. And uh, we just want to be impactful in your life. And we'll continue on this duality journey next time talking about emotions. Yeah. Fun. Bye. We'll look Inter forward to seeing you there. Talk
see you guys next week. It's going to be a motion, exactly.